Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Nice to be back with you. Tuesday edition, Bruce Hooley Show on the Answer Network, 94.5 Dayton, 98.9 Columbus. I helped a friend with a charitable endeavor yesterday. Very fulfilling. Appreciate you guys indulging me and in, uh, missing the show. I did not fall off my bike, so uh, that's a win. And uh, we will discuss today a lot of things that have happened since we last spoke on Friday, including the breaking news, and I'm not somebody who runs out the breaking news sounder or the breaking news labeling like almost every network news show do. I know CNN has taken some hits for that, but Fox News does it too. Breaking tonight. Nothing's breaking tonight on most nights. But there is something breaking this morning, and it's good. It's great news, in fact. For those of you who believe that we were founded to be a Christian nation, and our founders did say that the Constitution would only work if we were a moral and religious people. Uh, there is great news this morning. Just a little bit after 10.30 a.m., word came down that the Supreme Court, by a 6-3 ruling—no, no, don't get your hopes up, it's not Roe versus Wade—but it is still consequential that the majority of justices, a two-thirds majority, has sided with those citizens from the state of Maine who complained that the state was keeping them from sending their kids to religious schools with vouchers given by the state to students who do not have a public school in the vicinity where they live. Okay, so this case was brought by... Two people, a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, a male and a female. Yes, I know we're going into the Wayback Machine now. A conventional male and female marriage as God ordained it. And they met at Banger Christian School. And they wanted to send their daughter to Banger Christian School. And they live rurally in Maine. And the state of Maine said, oh, can't do that can't send them to Banger Christian School because, heaven forbid, a Christian school may try to inculcate faith in their minds. Yes, it's funny. Christian schools have a habit of doing that. That's kind of the idea why we send our kids to Christian schools, those of us who do. And right from the very start, uh, this case was looked upon as significant. The reason it's significant to you here in Ohio is because we have a proposed law called the Backpack Bill, which would expand the program in Ohio where children of those who are either below the poverty line or at or below double the poverty line get either full or partial tuition 
to take with them wherever they want to go to school. So if you make around $69,999, congratulations, you don't make seventy. you're not over the limit to get a voucher from the state of Ohio, which you can then use to apply toward tuition of your child at a school of your choosing. Here in Ohio, we don't discriminate. You can use that at Hartley. You can use it at Worthington Christian. You can use it at uh, Watterson. The state of Ohio does not, because we're, of course, ruled by Republicans, uh, the state of Ohio does not think religion is a bad thing. But in Maine, a very liberal state, uh, they think that, you know, the phrase separation of church and state is not only in the Constitution, but is kind of like the uh, entire purpose of the Constitution. It's the only good thing they can find in the document. And that there should be no religious influence on a child, which of course is ridiculous. If you're sending them to a religious school, you're probably sending them to a religious school in most cases because of the religious viewpoint presented by the teachers and shared by the administration. So today the court ruled 6-3 to that the state of Maine is wrong and that the state of Maine cannot deny parents sending their children to a Christian school even if the school is horror of horrors expressly Christian. And it's been fun for me over the past half hour to go back and look at how this case was presented in the liberal media and what the because this is what the complaints will be tonight on most of the network shows about the uh, ruling coming out of the Trump influenced Supreme Court and the crazed religious un- lunatics on the court in whom the dogma lives loudly within them. Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh. You know, I heard something the other day that made a lot of sense to me. Uh, Donald Trump spoke somewhere and he was warmly received by evangelical Christians and this question was posed why do evangelical Christians so love Donald Trump and of course it's always been a little bit of a thin limb to stand on to say well he's pro-life because you know Trump used to not be pro-life because Trump is fine with gay marriage, and Trump has not, I think it's very uh, inarguable to say, not comported himself in his personal life uh, according to the standards of biblical morality. But the reason given by one evangelical in why he esteems Donald Trump so much is because he said Donald Trump's three Supreme Court nominees all uphold my values. Well, he apparently forgot the Gorsuch ruling on LGBTQ being a protected class. But for the most part, as we wait the ruling, await the ruling on Dobbs and Mississippi and the 15-week ban on abortions, which could overturn Roe versus Wade, that is largely a true statement that Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, and Gorsuch do, for the most part, stand for not only the values of most evangelicals, but the values of our founders. That religion is not a dirty word. 
and that it is not a bad influence on our culture. In fact, it is a necessary influence, a diminishing influence, and what do you know? That might be why we are in the pickle we are in, not economically, but culturally, where we have this month in particular ample evidence in front of us of man's depravity. We just do. We have ample evidence of it in front of us. So I welcome this ruling because it will, as Shannon Bream of Fox says, it will give some power to the movement that is out there, backpack bill and otherwise in states across the country, that if you want to send your kid to a religious school and you qualify for some kind of a voucher from the state, you will not be precluded from doing so. The court has just ruled that uh, the program which banned those funds from going to religious schools actually violates the Constitution, meaning those vouchers can be used at private schools that have a religious core to them. In the opinion uh, written by Chief Justice Roberts, I want to read you just a little bit of this. He says, Maine's non-sectarian requirement for its otherwise generally available tuition assistance payments violates the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. Regardless of how the benefit and restriction are described, the program operates to identify and exclude otherwise eligible schools on the basis of their religious exercise. Uh, And they say essentially that program cannot stand. This is a big win for school choice advocates who have wanted money to follow students uh, rather than go straight to school districts. Um, It doesn't go that far, but it does say uh, potentially open the door to that kind of conversation, saying that this main program, which said you can't use the school vouchers at religious schools, um, that violates the Constitution. We have slowly but surely in this country over the last 50 years moved from a point where most people, an overwhelming majority of people, were either people of faith or did not object to the impact of faith or the presence of faith in their community. We now have advanced through the nefarious, progressive, duplicitous means of the Democratic Party and its loyalists, gotten to the point where the main law was adjudicated on the basis of the state declining funds for any education that was designed to, and I quote, proselytize and inculcate children with a particular faith. Now, how ridiculous would it be If a religious school, a Muslim school, a Hindu school, a Christian school, a Catholic school, did not. This is why you turn your phone off before the show starts. And this is why you should know where your phone is when the show starts. It's in my pocket. That's where it is. You would think that the person who called me right now would know that I'm on the air. (laughs) Sorry about that. But how ridiculous would it be if... You sent your kid to a religious school, and it did not attempt to proselytize or inculcate that particular faith with them. That's the whole reason they exist. So, great ruling out of Maine. Hopefully it gives juice to the backpack bill, and hopefully it's just a precursor of another faith-based decision which will overturn Roe versus Wade. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. You can catch the podcast at TheAnswerDayton.com or at 989TheAnswer.com. The 15-year-old suspect 
charged with murder in the shooting last week at the Glenwood Community Center, is uh, an interesting case in that he's not always engaged in these kinds of activities. The coach who coaches him on the Briggs High School football team uh, says of Avante Solomon that he is, quote, an excellent player, one of the fastest players on our team, great catching ability, great attitude, did anything we asked him to do and never talk back. He said Avante Solomon was a student leader, personable and smart. This underscores the tragedy of the culture in our inner city where a young man, 15 years old, engaged in some extracurricular activities, uh, someone who obviously has proven reliable or his coach would not speak of him in that way, uh, can nevertheless be corrupted by the influences around him. And now has, by all accounts, if these charges are correct, has horrifically altered the course of his life. Doesn't mean his life is over. Prison fellowship and other programs in our prison system give inmates a chance to reorder their life. But at 15 years old, you are old enough to understand that taking a gun, shooting at people, and killing a 24-year-old woman, a mother, is an egregious act and also one for which you will be held accountable. I see no reason why Avente Solomon would not be charged as an adult in this matter. What he would get, confinement to a juvenile detention facility until 18, is not at all in line with the kind of consequence he should suffer for ending a human life. And so we wonder why. Why? What happened? Some perceived wrong was done to him that night? That he pulled out a gun in an attempt to solve it, escape it, mitigate it. It's not much different than the murder at the shoe store at Tuttle Crossing just over a week ago where a guy from Mansfield was hit in the face by another man's swinging a, a bag, a purse, something. He was hit in the face. He pulls out a gun and shoots the man dead right there in the store, right there in front of people, right there with a the child nearby. So we're left to wonder, like, how long will this continue? What could possibly stop this from continuing? And I have said before, and I will say again, and I will never stop saying that the only way to make it stop or the best chance you have to make it stop is serious consequences for serious action. I do not at all subscribe to the theory that what Avente Solomon is accused of doing is something that Avente Solomon was unable to resist doing because of the circumstances around him in which he grew up, or he was put on a path that inevitably led him to a moment in his life where he had no recourse but to pull out a gun, pull a trigger, and end another human being's life. That, to me, is excusing this kind of behavior, 
And excusing this kind of behavior will only lead to, guess what, more of this kind of behavior. Well, the irony here, pointed out by Avente Solomon's coach, his name is Harold Bates, said that, you know, it's not like this young man had not been seen or had fallen into bad influences and maybe in the last month or two had gone, you know, downhill and detached from football-related activities, organized activities, supervision of adults. That's not the case. He said Avente Solomon had been practicing regularly and weightlifting with the team. And young Avente Solomon was on a trip that the student leaders at Briggs High School took late in the school year to, irony of ironies, the Franklin County Courthouse. Coach Bates said he was sitting behind the bench, meaning the judge's judicial bench, sitting at a lawyer's desk, Pretty ironic we're in the situation that we're in. I'm in shock, complete shock. As an educator, it pains me to say there are some students you can look at and you could say, I saw this coming, but with Avente, never in a million years would I have thought we'd end up where we are now. I'm pretty heartbroken about what's going on right now, as I'm sure any of us would be if we knew this young man, the side of him that the coach knew. Now, we had a shooting in the hilltop this morning, gas station, 2800 block of Sullivan Avenue, just after uh, after midnight, about 1.30 a.m., fight in the parking lot. One person shot multiple times. 33-year-old man, critical condition. You know, the, the ages of the victims and of the shooters are amazingly young, most often teenagers. 33 is an outlier. If you were to plot the ages of the victims and of the shooters on a graph, they're almost all under 25 years of age and many of them under 20 years of age. Now, what I would like to know, the first question that I had when I heard that they had arrested a 15-year-old in connection with this murder at the Glenwood Community Center, and by the way, Columbus police will now be, with the temperatures soaring over 90 again this week and the humidity up and the oppressive heat back, After a respite of a few days, Columbus police will be staffing pools and community cooling centers in the hopes that if something breaks out, it can be stopped short of anybody dying or preferably even anybody shooting at anyone else. But one of the first questions that I had about Avente Solomon being 15 years old and being accused of murdering the 24-year-old woman last week after a fight broke out at the Glenwood Community Center was, if I looked at all the juveniles who've been arrested for stealing cars in Columbus, am I going to find Avente Solomon's name as somebody whose crimes escalated from car theft, carjacking, to being accused of murder? It does not appear so, given what his coach said about him. But it's inevitable But if these guys, or young women, many of them are young women, are stealing cars and have guns and use the guns to steal the car, that they're eventually going to end up in this manner. 
turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.